This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. Quincy, and I'm here with Tom, who's behind the Twitter account MLB Feel It, Austin Hedges Truther. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good. Hey, uh, I wanted to have you on again. I know we had you on a little bit earlier in the season, uh, but, uh, you, you know, I find your account to be kind of a, a nice little lifeboat through the uh, Guardian season. You, you try to keep things pretty positive on there. I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> and and even when you don't i think you're uh, even when you might tweet something that's i don't know i wouldn't say critical but like saying hey this is what's the case about the team or this this player you you do so in a, a respectful and positive way i think so i think in my opinion so that's that's a good thing uh so that's kind of a good centering thing and i thought i'd have tom on to talk a little bit about the season so wonder just kind of your general thoughts about the season has it uh you know kind of been what you expected or a lot more than what you expected well what i expected was definitely a lot of fun but a lot of different kind of fun <laughs> i was expecting a lot of uh you know new things which we got a lot of new things but i was expecting that to be the, the center i was expecting oh these prospects are coming up there that's gonna be that's gonna be the fun part but it's like well, we're winning. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we also have prospects coming up here and there. Not not as much as you know some people hope, but you know, we're winning. So I can forget whatever else is happening, really. And, and I mean 14 debuts. I'm not sure that yeah. I could have expected that many. I mean, some of them maybe didn't get as much t- playing time as we wanted, but yeah. I can't really complain when you got 14 debuts. Yeah. Um, so I know your count you go by Austin Hedges Truther. And uh, I have appreciated you explaining how maybe uh, Hedges went on a spiritual journey when he was on the injured list. And since he's come back, he's been this 300 hitter. So any insights there? Um, so uh, an anonymous source told me like this, but um, <laughs> he met with a, a guru in, in a, a Japanese temple that was, uh, it was formed during the Kamakura period of Japanese history. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, basically, he was led to meet the three baseball gods, um, and he's since fa- fixed or improved greatly. And um, I've I've heard rumors that Luke Maley went on a, a similar sort of journey, but I am not as informed. I'm <laughs> not the Luke Maley truth. It's not my job. <laughs> Somebody else's job. <laughs> yeah. Well, it certainly kind of seems like it. Uh, Tom, what are what are the three baseball gods' names? Did you put that out there? No, um, the the three images uh, the three images that I put in the video I, I actually generated with an AI art generator, but <laughs> they're uh, the the three prompts I put in were uh, uh, out of space out of or outer space baseball, and there's a giant planet in the background that was kind of interesting. One of them's like a, a shining cross. Uh, I saw that one, stadium. yeah. Uh-huh. Another one's like a kind of like pope-like figure that's like a little bit like 
ghastly and it's like standing next to home plate. So I remember the last two. The first one I must have missed that that was one of the gods. Yeah, that that video was a lot of fun to make. I, yeah. I've enjoyed making videos over the season, even though they take way too much time. Oh, I, I hear you, man. Anytime like for I love doing that kind of thing. Like, I don't know if you heard my Jose Ramirez campaign ads, but that took me like it's 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 like a 10 minute 10 minute thing, but it took me like four hours to yeah. make all that stuff over a variety of days. So yeah, well, I appreciate I appreciate the videos and stuff you put out. And of course your memes. I've been trying to spread the greatness of your it's time for Brian Shaw to pitch LOL meme. Uh, to the masses as much as possible. I noticed this year that you have become a firm Brian Shaw defender. Is that something that's come along this year or something that's always been the case? Yeah. I think kind of the theme of everything I do is kind of love the unloved. And, you know, Brian Shaw definitely fits that category. But it's also, I've always kind of thought, I always thought that his presence was the most objectively hilarious thing about the team just the fact that he's this he's just a dude and he you know everybody kind of hates him not not hates him but nobody really loves him and he he just goes out there you know last year he had i believe he had the most appearances in the mlb he pitched in half the games and the dude only throws one pitch pretty much it's it's really a miracle how he's been so successful and even if he hasn't been, you know, an elite player, except for one or two years and uh, during our run, but he's just gone out there and done it for so 10 years now, over 10 years a little bit. Yeah, as, as you put out with your sliders meme for him with uh, baseball savant sliders, he's got all those attributes you think of when you think of a grinder, or a gamer, <laughs> a, a guy that you can rely on for that. Yeah, I mean, I think with just about everybody, like my criticisms usually aren't about the players so much as how they're used. And um, I, I feel like Tito has used Brian Shaw pretty, pretty well this year. There's been a couple of times you're like, oh, oh boy, I'm not really sure. You know, I, it drives me crazy when he goes for two innings or like when he was starting and he'd go second time through the order. I could not understand how we could get Brian Shaw second time through the order. But at the same time, it is objectively hilarious. It is like objectively the funniest thing that has gone on with this team for years. <laughs> and I would also like to point out that Brian Shaw is second on the team, only behind Quantrill in run support when he pitches. So sometimes putting it in is a little bit of an offensive decision. Yeah. According to the stats, at least that's, that's a great point. Cause the team's like, we better score some runs. I uh, I believe it was the, the Mariners game that we won in the first series. I'm not sure when this will come out probably after or during the second series. But yeah. uh, the uh, we Bradshaw began to warm up in the pen and we immediately scored three runs. And I just think that was <laughs> very indicative of, of his entire thing this whole year. <laughs> I mean, I remember that you tweeted that and that, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. And, if it's with the data, how can you argue with the data at this point? Is I really mean, the key. The stats don't lie. I mean, I might <laughs> in the, to try and exa- uh, exaggerate the stats, but the stats don't lie. <laughs> Was there a uh, greater highlight for you this season than that short period of McShoddy starts? 
it's really hard to say. Um, you know, even though when Austin Hedges was on the IL, it was it was a hard time. It was also a fun time. Sandra Young was equally, if not more, fun to watch. Um, San Leon, speaking of really inexplicable stats, like an average X plus of like 92 miles an hour when he was on the team. <laughs> but <laughs> he um, hit well. He hit well. He really did. And he yeah. took a lot of walks. That's what but, I was going to say. I don't remember. I remember that he could take a walk. I remember that. But I didn't remember him being the kind of guy with that kind of elite eye. He had like 400 on base percentage with us. It was really, it was really surprising. And actually, I just kind of continued that when he came back. Um, I think it was when I checked yesterday, it's, it's obviously changed now because he went one for four yesterday. But uh, he's at 352 OBP since he came back. Or maybe that was ignoring the first two games. I don't know. I, I made the stats look better than no, there, obviously. I, I think you're on track. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think a, a highlight for me recently has been uh, uh, go hopping on my, my burner, the fake Cleveland Guardians account, and tweeting Austin Hedges propaganda from there. <laughs> and my most recent one, announcing him to the um, – World Baseball Classic team, I think got over 700 likes and like 60 retweets. So, and um, I don't know if I don't know if a lot of people saw it, but it was the time it was at like 2 a.m. and Trevor Steffen liked that tweet and then immediately unliked it. But I got a video <laughs> of him liking it. <laughs> I did. I did see that you had got a video that he'd unliked it. Uh, so thinking that he probably got got like most people did. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, you did you definitely got me with the first one. I forget what you tweeted there for like a second. You had me. Um, oh, I know because I was just so excited that the Guardians might have put out a graphic with WRC plus oh, in it. Yeah, that that I didn't even I didn't even pay attention to the ridiculous nature of the stat you'd put up there. I was just like, oh man, they're using a stat that I love. This is so great. But quickly, I I discovered that um, I had to been had by an Austin Hedges fan. I I see that there are a lot of people jumping on the Austin Hedges bandwagon. I feel like you've done a good job and other people have done a good job getting us to the point where we're okay with Brian Shaw pitching and we kind of appreciate it for the the absolute joy that it is. And well, uh and, and I think you I can enjoy baseball if you can't enjoy Brian Shaw. I mean I mean and watch an interview with the guy because the guy is just a delight in an interview. Yeah he is when he was starting and they'd interview him after the starts, there is no one who was getting like more like tongue in cheek, like joy out of that experience than Brian Shaw was. <laughs> Cause he absolutely knew that there was no way that he should be starting a game, but he's like, Oh, I'll give you 70 pitches. If, if you want me to. <laughs> I, and I believe he broke the record as the farthest, like into a career of a relief career to make his first start. Yeah. Which is, just comical. I mean, and I think his first star was 500 appearance with the Guardians. Yeah. I yeah, it's, I think you're right. It just, I mean, they all lie. It was, it was one of those rare moments of incredibly funny, but somehow also working out um, that just really made the season a joy. Incredible. And, and here's the thing, Tom, he could be back next season. They have a contract and they could bring him back next season. I know people are like, oh, there's no way. Like, oh, that's, I, I, I would 100% not put it past them. If Tito retires, then okay, no, they won't. But if Tito's there, I think it could happen. 
wherever Shaw goes, I will follow. And kind of the same goes with Hedges. But I, I, I very much hope, I'm starting to really think that he will be back next year. Shaw or Hedges or both? Uh, Hedges. Shaw, I mean, you know, you never know. He might sign in the middle of August next year. <laughs> I, I, do, I do believe Hedges will be back. And I'll tell you what, if he can hit a little bit closer to what he's hit this summer, I'm on board. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think he was 99 WRC plus for the past month, which is... Well, and that's yeah, the thing. Really like, for much more. <laughs> right now, I mean, that that would be insane. But the uh, right now, his WRC plus overall is up to fifty six. If he could push that towards like sixty five, seventy, I'd say, man, I'd be happy with that person as a starter. Let alone like if the idea is he might split time with Bo Naylor, because really, I mean, he's just so incredible behind the plate, just an absolute defensive god back there. <laughs> that if you can just get those, you know hits every you know like right now he's given he be, before that he was maybe giving you like one hit a week and now he's giving you two to three hits a week i i feel like that's great i, I think he might be on a three or four game hit streak right now well you're yeah. right yeah yeah well and i guess i should I, let me clarify like a, a 65 wrc plus a yeah. 70 would be like two to three hits a week right now he's he's providing a lot more than that because he's dragging his wrc plus up and Nobody's happier to see that than me, even though I'm somebody that was like, man, we can't have somebody who absolutely can't hit at all as a backup, although I know teams do. Uh, I, I've always been somebody to say, if Hedges could get 60 to 70 WRC+, plus, sign me up forever. Like, just keep him around forever. So, I'm The, the model that I like to follow is kind of the Astros with Martin Maldonado. He's very similar to Hedges, probably a little bit more in, like, the leadership and, like, handling the players way. His defense isn't quite as good as Hedges anymore as it used to be for Maldonado. But, you know, the Astros pretty much rode with Maldonado for most of the season until they got uh, Vasquez at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And um, they just called up the guy that we traded for a mouse drive. Can't remember yeah. Diaz, Yanya. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the, the way that I look at it is, you know, if we can kind of, you know, create a lineup like the Astros sounds easier than it is. But <laughs> if you have a lineup that's as good as the Astros, and you really could realistically go with a guy like Hedges every game. Not that it's the best, given our system, like Bo Naylor will probably be a starter and Hedges would probably be a backup when Bo Naylor is ready. But realistically, it's not impossible for Hedges to be a starter on a major league team, I don't think. You know, yeah. as long as the Astros. But that's not easy. <laughs> I, I think it is possible with our farm. I agree. I agree. Now, here's a question I have for you, and I won't keep you too much longer. I've been really thinking about next year's team and what this team will need. And, you know, obviously, they we have a bunch of prospects that are, like, on the verge of the majors or in the majors. So you're going to have to see some consolidating at some point, even though we keep saying that and they never do. But you'd think that at some point we're going to see some trades. I honestly... I'm trying to think about what they really need to upgrade. And I know we've been talking about this a little bit on Twitter, how they need some more slugging. They need some more on-base percentage, which may be coming with guys that have coming up. They need to be able to hit left-handed pitching. But when I look at the hitters that we have coming up and around, I'm not even sure they necessarily need to add a hitter. Um, But maybe they need to focus on trying to get another starting pitcher to kind of bridge the gap till some of those guys are ready. What are your thoughts? So if I was to hop in the GM's office for a week after the season, basically, and try and make the team uh, 
of uh, say like a 95 win team with minimal changes, I would add starting pitching 100%. Um, I think, you know, a middle rotation guy that basically is like Savali or Quantrill level. I think if we have three, three, I think Quantrill and Savali are pretty comparable right now, at least. I think Savali probably has a higher ceiling. Mm-hmm. And I think we're kind of seeing that right now. Well, yeah, I agree. Quantrill, Quantrill at home in the second half is just the best pitcher of all time. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think that no, I, I think that Quantrill pitching in progressive field after August 1st is probably the best pitcher ever. But <laughs> other, than aside, that, Pedro. other than that, um, him, Savali, and this other unnamed third starting pitcher to add on behind um, Bieber and McKenzie, I think, I think Tristan would kind of be our number two right now. Yeah. I know like easily he's been our second best this year, but I think overall in the future it would also be our second best. So mm-hmm. our bullpen, I mean, has been great this year. It's mm-hmm. been great right now, especially. And, and we've got, I mean, we've got guys' arms coming up to help in the bullpen. Yeah, and we have, yeah, Cody Morris too. He's coming up right now, but. We'll and I suspect, yeah, right. And I suspect, I mean, I suspect that Curry and Gaddis, you know, they may end up being decent back of the rotation starters. But I suspect too that if you put either one of those in a bullpen role and said, hey, work on this, that they'd be pretty effective back yeah. there too. I just, especially, I think, that, I think, especially for Curry. Yeah, no, Gattis, I guess I, I don't know too much about, but Curry, I've seen, I think. Curry has the mentality, very, very good bullpen mentality, as well as the command. That's, those are two big pieces for that. Yeah, I'm glad as we're on the same page. Oh, go ahead. As far as like a lineup, I mean, if I were to add somebody, I would add somebody to platoon at first base with Josh Naylor, basically. I'm not completely giving up on Josh Taylor being able to learn how to hit left-handed pitching. Yeah, me either. But I'm kind of definitely thinking that if we want to be able to be very good, we can't have him hitting lefties every time. Or we can't have him being the middle of the lineup lefty hitter against the lefty. You can't. I, yeah, and I think what I would say, I'm, not, I'm with you. I think that he may hit left-handers better than he has. But he's definitely somebody that, like, if at the end of the game – You've got Josh Naylor up against one of the top left-handed pitchers in the league in the bullpen, a guy coming out of the pen. Well, I don't know. If they're throwing 100, that's probably going to give Josh Naylor a better shot. I mean, that's the kind if, of thing you look at. If we're in a tie game in the bottom of the ninth, I would put up Naylor against well, somebody. But. Yeah, good, good point. Good point. You got to have an option there is just what I'm saying. I, I, I think so. I do wonder if it might be – if they if they might think that it might be our uh, Arias uh, – Arias, sorry, Gabriel Arias – I wonder. I wonder. I wish there was a way to find out left uh, platoon splits and minor league stats, but I've never been able to find it anywhere, no matter how hard I look. But <laughs> if there was an MLB player currently that I would add, um, I think I've talked about Darren Ruff. Yeah. I think Darren Ruff would be a great addition. And slightly because my bias towards the Giants and especially their team last year, I really loved the Giants. But Darren Ruff was on the Giants, and now he's on the Mets. I think he's on an expiring contract. Should, and he's basically only his lefties. That's his, kind of his job. So he wouldn't be too expensive, and he's also older. He's also what? Older. I mean, so yes. He's, yeah, he's like I was gonna say he'd be like seven. He'd be like a senior citizen on this team. But uh, yeah, he would be. He would be the 
he would be closer to the coaches or he'd be closer to Tito than to the youngest player, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just to, to clarify, he's on a two-year deal. He's signed through 2023. Oh, it's, so we'd have it's to a, trade for him. Yeah, it's a cheap deal. It's $3 million a year and he's got a 2024 club option uh, and he's 36 years old right now. So yeah, I mean, no, I, I like the idea. I do wonder if there might be, it's, it's interesting that he's a terrible defender. I, I have, it just kind of, it's kind of interesting because I, I think about maybe uh, making, making a big deal for Christian Walker, um, especially since I was looking at like, he's apparently a first baseman defensive savant. And I just thought about how much this team seems to value defense, but then it becomes hard to fit everybody in the lineup. Like there's, it seems yeah. like whoever's going to play first and split time with Naylor needs to also be able to play outfield. And uh, so that's where I'm starting to think. Yeah. Hey, maybe technically an outfielder, but yeah. you don't want to put him out there. <laughs> no. uh, not at all. Uh, it would be, it'd be great if somebody like Oscar Gonzalez could win first base. I don't know if that's possible at all, but right. Uh, yeah, because then you could get like a Valera, Quan, Straw outfield, or, or even Benson if he's helping out still. The logjam uh, going on is unfortunately on my mind all the time because I play a lot of out of the park baseball and I usually <laughs> pick the Guardians as the team I want to do. It. Uh, I just end up being like, I have too many people. I just need to trade, trade, trade people. And, there's too much going on with this organization. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they keep track. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, just to clarify, Darren Ruff has career uh, negative 14 WRC plus in the outfield and a negative seven outs above average. So yeah, just in case you were curious about what Tom is saying about him not being a guy you want to put in the outfield, but I, I'm not opposed to the idea. I do think, I honestly do think that they could probably carry just a lefty masher if they wanted to. Uh, but I suspect the way this roster looks, they're going to try to find somebody who's got some utility to him. Although I did during Lupo play first base. I feel like he played first base. Yeah, for Tampa. Mm -hmm. I think we found him. <laughs> first base, <laughs> outfield. Bring back Although our Ginger King. I I would have no qualms. Jordan Lupo, you know, if Jordan Lupo was still on the team, uh, my Twitter account would look very different. I would not, I would be Jordan Lupo. Fan account. That's what it was. When I actually, I think I created his account, account. But uh, Jordan <laughs> Luplo, uh, long, long been my favorite player in the MLB to this day. Um, and the dude just kills lefties. Uh, I the only, the only issue with that is he's on Diamondbacks, which are actually starting to kind of look pretty good. So I don't know right. if they let go. Of it. Same thing with Christian Walker. I know they were saying that he they were making him available at the trade deadline, but I don't know if that was just like, hey, somebody blow our doors off and get Christian Walker from us. But yeah, they definitely look like they'll be aiming at a wild card berth next year. Yeah, I uh, I want to note that I was uh, it, before they traded Luplo, I was on board with Jordan Luplo as our center fielder of the future. We just need to play him out in center field all the time because he was he was competent out there and he was the best hitter in our outfield at the time, even though like. Three third, I mean, two thirds of it was against left-handed pitching, and uh, so I was surprised when they traded him, and then they got strong. I was like, okay, that makes sense, but quite a difference in hitting left-handed pitching there. All right, well, Tom, uh, it's great to talk baseball with you. I love to follow your account. Anything you want to tell people about? Um, you know, uh, I guess 
you know, if you don't follow me, follow me. I'll, I follow you back if you're cool. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you see anything that I tweet that you think is stupid, uh, it probably is. And that's probably the point. So, probably the point. Because, <laughs> because baseball is the most beautiful game and also the most stupid game. It's the easiest to have fun watching and the easiest to have fun making fun of. A hundred percent true. All right. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.